How much do you look at small details? The tiniest of things. How much do they have an impact on you? And how different is it today when we're all assaulted by details of everything around the world all at once and don't have the time to look at the details all around us? It's an odd thought. I've been working at the station again today, moving stuff around. Still have several hundred thousand, uh, several thousand uh, CDs and records to move and and so forth. But one of the laments we've had along the way is, geez, we, should we take some more pictures? Should we notice all the little details? And sometimes we are noticing details. You know, when you're able to finally empty out a space. In fact, I'm I need to think about it more in terms of Restaurant Impossible. <laughs> if you're not aware, our station is reducing its size, forcing us to relocate our music libraries. We have very large music libraries and relocate just about everything else. And if you're not aware of Restaurant Impossible, it is a 48-hour challenge, essentially, for Robert Irvine, erstwhile um, expert on restauranting to take an, a failing restaurant and transform its physical space as well as its its procedures and its leadership and its perspective. And I have long admired the show. I've mentioned it numerous times. Um, it's it's it falls into a bit of a formulaic trap sometimes. It most definitely. Um, is edited for maximum impact. But then again, why would you ever put anything together that wasn't edited for maximum impact? That really doesn't make any sense, and it's a weird criticism. But there's also a a perspective that may not be genuine, which is generated from the show. But one of the phases in every episode, inevitably, is the emptying out of the restaurant all of the things that were there, tables and chairs and the booths and all that stuff, all the tchotchkes, everything is taken off the wall and moved outside. Uh, and the repairs, the rebuilding, the reconstruction, the revisioning will happen in this new empty space. And oftentimes for the owners of the restaurant, they're, they're given the opportunity to look around as they've never seen a space like this since they moved in, potentially. And it's true. Most of the time, in the spaces we inhabit, whether it's work or or for pleasure or for just living, we don't get a chance to reset them. I've done that a few times in my life, not just by moving apartments, which I've done a fair amount. I haven't done for a while and probably won't do for a little while yet, for quite some time, actually, unless I win the lotto. Um... But every once in a while, I have basically taken a room down to its barest essentials and rebuilt it. Um, I like the process. It's time-consuming. It's it's dreadfully tiring. Um, and, and and as I notice my age tick by year by year, I think it's more tiring. So that's that's concerning. But it is an opportunity to kind of re reimagine what's there and be intentional about what goes back. It inevitably goes wrong. It inevitably, inevitably goes awry, as do most ordered systems, unless you have a way to reinforce the order. I have that problem all the time. 
whether it be file systems or the way my books are sorted or the patterns of my daily life, all of them might start out as carefully ordered things, but inevitably, maybe it's just entropy at work or maybe it's just, you know, you can't account for everything. Um, they all become more cluttered. So the, the opportunity to kind of revi revise and reshape and reimagine and, and reinvigorate all these spaces and the things that we do is exciting. That part I do like. It also means that we're facing tougher choices about what we keep and what we throw away, how we display things and make them possible for better use, or if they are possible for better use. I'm thinking about my storage unit as well, which I've had for years, which I haven't faced that particular thing. But if I can give the same energy to working on that, that I have been on working on the station, maybe I can revise that as well, because I'd like to clean it out, get rid of a lot of the stuff that's there, that's there just to remind me of, of my mother, or there were her things that I have no idea what to process them. I, I don't, I can't even uh, think of how to process some things. Um, whether it be a half finished, um, needlepoint design or some of the beautiful quilts that she put together that I don't feel like either should be thrown away or just given uh, to someone or just given to a random organization like value village. Although maybe some of them could be given to individuals, I suppose, but I haven't faced that question in a while. And there's a bunch of, and, and it's not just her stuff. I don't want to make it sound like that. There's the stuff that I accumulated when I was younger that I haven't been able to face. I've gone through it numerous times, and I, I, I did a reduction of about one-third a few years ago. I had really two storage units, one about a third or half the size of the other, so I got rid of that secondary storage unit. But it, it's stuff that I, I – and at that point, I, I threw a lot of things away. I took a lot of pictures. Because the pictures are a lot easier to store, but the physical things I, I didn't need anymore. But I remember things like birthday cards from my grandmother, my grandfather, and then reflecting on the fact that, yeah, they did live separately for a while. Huh. What got me thinking along these lines, though, is I just looked at my hands. <laughs> and I think it's something that every once in a while I do, just because I've always kind of been fascinated by the complex patterns that are in in the surface of your skin. Um, and I, I somewhere I have a, not a terribly powerful, but powerful enough uh, pocket microscope where you can actually look at the, the complex interweaving, the very strange, densely uh, uh, patterned surface. The patchwork quilt is what it really resembles. And... Uh, even though I think that part of my skin is relatively smooth, it's still just chalk with details. And what was really funny is I was I was I was looking at my hand and, and noticing the different wrinkles that have appeared, you know, the kind of thing like I know this place like the back of my hand. Oh, where did that spot come from? That sort of that sort of realization not that there's a dramatic change necessarily, but all the little nooks and crannies. And I remember looking at my mother's hands, and I don't know how or why I, I did that, but I can remember a number of times examining my mother's hands and just being fascinated with the little details that marked time of her profession as a as a nurse or before that as a cook or laborer, all the different things that she had done. 
and just being kind of amazed at some some of the things that were indicative of those things or some of the things that just looked probably to my young eyes like very complicated skin and now i see some of that in my own hands as i as i age and grow older and think of her but that's when i started thinking about small details like you know i don't even know if i know every square inch of my phone or my computer, or this microphone in front of me, or the chairs that I have. And I, I don't know if I ever would, but these little details are all around us, and they escape us. And sometimes we, we remember and commemorate things, especially the worst or most strong things. But maybe the smaller things need to be a little more paid attention to. Yesterday, as I was contemplating and hearing the wind rustling outside, really whistling outside, actually, um, and now I'm kind of wondering, did I, did I mark that moment? Should I have marked it more? Should I have really paid attention to it? I think when I was a kid, there were numerous times where I would be just somewhere for a while, um, traveling. My mother would go do all kinds of different things and I would just tag along because it was cheaper than trying to get a babysitter, I think, when I was younger. And I could be easily amused by the radio if I had it, or just wherever I was, staring up at patterns, seeing how the world was shaped, seeing how it was put together, finding different ways that these things could be expressed numerically or artistically. And I don't know when that that stopped as a general practice, but I still it still happens from time to time. I'll pick up a, a coin and just examine it and see all the different grooves and the way that it's the way that it's been shaped by the numbers of of hands that have gone through, but more likely by all the machines it's been dropped in, how its textured surface might be duller in one point and brighter in another, or whatever. But I advocate for looking around you and seeing all the details. I think I've talked about that, doing a slow walk again. I should probably do that. In any case, this has been a slow walk. I've been wandering out loud. I'm Mark Dean Caffeinated One. And maybe I'm just distracted by all the little details. Maybe I shouldn't be paying attention to them. Maybe I should be just only examining the bigger details. Like the five-year and ten-year plans. <laughs> In any case, I will continue to probably contemplate small things every day. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow.